Reed's Ranch is proud to partner with Marcos Garza and the Garza Law Firm. East Tennessee's premier DUI defense, criminal defense, personal injury lawyer. If you find yourself needing legal representation, do me a favor. Call the guy who supports the podcast. You like the podcast. You maybe even love the podcast. Support our sponsor, Marcos Garza. A lot of experience. The man in these streets. Like I said, East Tennessee's premier criminal defense, DUI defense, and personal injury lawyer. Fun episode tonight. Not going to give you much of a rundown. Tennessee basketball, Tennessee recruiting. Um, the court, the Cortez lady, the Cortez lady, the, 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 the politician girl, the state of the union, nah, some other stuff. I don't know. Just listen. I mean, this is the last stand. You're listening to the unfiltered. Well, I hate to say I told you so. There's nothing to be done besides to get on Twitter and tweet to all my dumbass followers. But I told you so. Hey, I told you so. The controversial. He's a dumbass. He can't do math. He's an idiot. He gets his hair cut at Walmart. Look at that shitty haircut. The realest podcast in the Southeast. Let the dogs loose. Let the goons be goons. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. Enough. <laughs> 38 in a row. As in 38 on extra point when we were whipping that ass. Ranch gang, stand up. The holy war is upon us. Welcome to Reed's Ranch, the podcast with Seth Hughes. Like, just quit acting like this is any fun at all. Another edition of Reed's Ranch coming at you February 6th, Wednesday, signing day. Seth Hughes joins us down in Alabama. Seth, my guy, what's up? Not much, John. Just walked in the door. First thing I did, record a podcast with my brother. I'm you glad to be beat, here. You can't beat that for a Wednesday. You can't beat that for a Wednesday if the Vols aren't playing. No, Tennessee. What do we know? Another win just keeps winning. It's, I don't want to say it's getting boring because I'm still enjoying it, but I, I'm at the point now where I'm ready just to play some good teams. Yes. Like, I know I'm guilty of it. I am guilty of literally, like, coming up with things to be disappointed about and nitpicking about, like, the Texas A&M game. We scored 93 points and only made and only shot four free throws. Or only made four free throws. Like, I can be stupid and complain that our defense isn't as good as it was last year, but, like, we scored 93 points and four of them were free throws. Like, it's just getting a little boring. Like, I just want to play somebody good so I don't have to sit here and just come up with things to get upset about. Friend of Reed's Ranch, Will Warren, uh, highlighted today uh, some promising numbers uh, defensively, at least last night. Tennessee had been struggling when it came to open sh- uh, open shooters uh, from three-point range. Last night, Tennessee uh, really defended the three-point the, you know, three point range really good last night. I thought last night was the best defense has looked in a long time. 
Um, yeah. I just don't think, and you know more about basketball than I do, I don't think this team is ever going to be as good on defense as last year's team because they're so much better at scoring the basketball. Maybe like, you don't have to. Maybe you don't have to be type of thing. Like, and we're playing so much faster mm-hmm. that, like, I, they're just – it's a totally – I know it has the same players. It's a totally different team. I know that Gonzaga technically has the top offense in the nation. Nobody scores with the ease that Tennessee does, like, from, you know, just... It's just a totally different team than last year. They're never going to be as good on defense as they were. Um, Now, they need to get better on defense. I don't think anybody denies that last night was a positive step i think some of it is that they just get bored too well i like i said i I know i'm a little bored i know i'm a little bored i'm enjoying the season don't get me wrong but i am ready to get tested again because it we're we're like a snake playing with our food right now like in in these games we'll we'll get off to good starts and then we'll let off the gas a little bit and then it'll get it close and they're like oh shit it's time to go and we'll just win by double figures yeah, it's like that, that's how it goes every game. We were up six last night at halftime. Like, did anybody think that we weren't going to win by double digits? I know it got up to what we 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 got up to like fifteen, I think, after Lamonte hit a three. I mean, yeah. Like, the good news is is that we can win games by grinding out ugly games, and we can win games where we go score one hundred and six points or ninety three points and whatever. I mean. It is what it is. Like, I know these guys have to get bored, especially on defense. Like, it's one thing. You're not going to get bored on offense because you get to put the ball in the hole. But you get up by 15 early, and you're just like, these dudes can't hang with us. And you know that at any point in time, you can turn it back on. I mean, it's got to be boring. I'm not I'm not as concerned about the defense after last night as I was. Um, because last night to me showed when they needed to, they could buckle down. Um, I don't know how you feel, but No, I mean we've shown that against West Virginia. You know, we got down twelve points in, in that game, and then we were all of a sudden like, okay, time to play defense, and uh they didn't score for pretty much the rest of the last 10 minutes of the first half. And last night you saw it again. Like, you know, it was a close game in the first half and then boom, next thing you knew, uh, it was a 12 point lead and Missouri hadn't scored for a while. The stat Will Warren gave was Tennessee gave up 19 catch and shoot threes last night and 15 of those were guarded. So we were able to guard basically 79% of those to be a legit elite defense you need to be around the 65 percent range and Tennessee was well above that so great news I mean I'm just like I felt like after the Texas A&M game I felt a little bit bad because I thought personally that I was coming up with reasons to just get mad and it's like you know at that point we were 20 and one and we beat them by 17. Like, or just a little bored. 
we're just a little bored, so why don't I just quit being an idiot and enjoy the best basketball team in Tennessee history? Sure. Um, so I'm done complaining about the defense as much. I think when they need to, they can. I don't think they will ever be as good as last year because we aren't great depth-wise and we play so fast that, you know, we can't just D up as much as we'd like because we've got to stay out of foul trouble. And we're just going to be a little more tired because this year when Jordan Bone gets the ball, he's getting to the elbow in like two seconds. I mean, how many times this year have we like given up a play on defense and let the other team score? And before you know it, like a big man has the ball on a cross on a on a a, a pass that's the length of the court from Bone. He's catching in stride for a layup. Like that's happened all the time this year. Um, and it's not just a big man. Lamonte did it last night. Like we're playing so fast, the defense just isn't going to be as good. Last night showed that they can when they need to. Yeah, and I mean, like like we've talked about, the opponents have been shitty. Like Tennessee's probably only played three locks for the tournament, right? Like we, Tennessee's only played three tournament teams for sure, which isn't good. Which isn't good. We've only played three tournament teams. Like Alabama and Florida are on the bubble. They might get in. I'm not saying they won't, but we only know for sure that Kentucky, or excuse me, not Kentucky, we haven't played them yet, uh, that Louisville, Kansas, and Gonzaga are making the tournament. Yeah, so I'm going to go on the record now and say that Alabama will be a NCAA tournament team, and Florida will not. Okay, so we've played four. And I know that... As of right now, Lenardi has both ends somehow, but it hasn't been updated since yesterday morning. Sure. So, um, Florida surely is out after last night, and I would think that there is a chance that, that Mike White could be coaching for his job this Saturday. Um, it's, it's possible, but, you know, my bigger point there was, like, we've played shitty teams, but now – uh, it's time to it's time to go. Like Florida coming in on Saturday, that's going to be a a game where Tennessee gets up for. They're checkering TBA, and then you know next week you get a tune up game against South Carolina, and then boom, it's time for Kentucky. So play time's over. Play time's over. Yeah, and that gets and and that gets me excited. Yeah, I, as as fun as it is, and I don't want to ever say that what we've been doing isn't awesome. It is awesome, and I love it. But, like, it was really cool at the beginning of conference play when we were beating teams by 46 and 24 and such, and it got it got kind of boring. But, and like, but that at-Florida game was awesome. I'm ready for that kind of game again. I know, like you said, we've only played three locks, and, like, I know that sounds bad on its face, but, like, is anybody really that much better in terms of how many teams? Like, I know the Big Ten every week they're going to play at least one NCAA tournament team, but they kind of seem overrated to me. Sure, and you've seen 
You've seen Michigan State kind of uh, come back to earth, same as yeah. Michigan. I mean, like Tennessee's about to play one, two, three, four, five, six NCAA tournament teams, games. You know, I mean, Kentucky, LSU, Ole Miss, Kentucky, Mississippi State, Auburn. And if you count Florida is in, that's a seventh. I mean, it's about to not be boring. No, it's go time. I'm pumped for it. I'm I'm ready. I'm ready for it. Austin Mullins, shout out to him, patron, uh, says, well, he asked, what are our expectations for upcoming games? Florida, South Carolina, Kentucky. I expect to win Florida by somewhere between 8 to 14 points. I expect to beat South Carolina by somewhere between 17 and 22 points. And then I expect to go to Kentucky and play a really good game. Like, I don't know if I think we're going to go to Kentucky and win, but I don't expect us to go up there and lose by double figures or anything like that. Like, I expect us to go up there and play a good game. We'll see what Kentucky's made of. I, I'm not going to kiss kiss the ring of Kentucky, but I respect them. Yeah. I respect them. I think that's going to be a tough game, but I think Tennessee's going to show up and answer the bell. I mean, who is Kentucky's best win? North Carolina, I'd say, looks to be a pretty good win. It's not they any beat, better. They won, they won at North Carolina, right? That game was... Was that game in Chapel Hill? I thought it was a neutral court site. Yeah, it was a neutral court site. Okay, that was in Chicago. Okay, okay, that was in Chicago. They I won mean, at Auburn. Auburn's not Auburn's not that good. They beat a Kansas team that's been... This isn't the good Kansas version. It's a bad Kansas version. I mean, they beat Louisville same way we did. That was a road game. Yeah. That's probably their best win. Yeah, I mean, the North Carolina win is great, I, but the Louisville win's not that much different than the North Carolina win, and they don't have any win as good as Gonzaga. I mean, no, I would just say on the on the road versus neutral side, I always give the the nod to you know on the road. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not like they've torn it up. Is my point? I mean, we were sure. sitting here. We were sitting here. Everyone was kissing the ring of Michigan State. Their best non conference win was Florida. Yeah, and you've seen them get there, and they've kind of, you know, come back down to earth a little bit. Yeah, I mean, so I just, I think that I, my point being is that what you said is true. I think that is true for most teams. Um, I think that is true for most teams, and I think it's about to change for Tennessee. So. I'm pumped, but like I said, I'm a little bored, so I'm excited. There's nothing that's happened since the last time we talked that's changed my mind about Tennessee basketball at all. Uh, do you have anything else you want to talk about before we uh, kind of move on? No, I mean, I'm just bored. Like, was anything about that game fun last night? I mean, honestly. I mean, it, was, it was a typical Conzo game. Like, it just it is what it is. Like, I was just hoping we don't have an injury. And that's not to say I'm not enjoying – the games like I am, but like I want that Florida feeling again. You know? The big the big game feel. I don't think we're gonna get it this weekend. I think we're gonna take care of business. Yeah, I don't and, think we'll get it this weekend either. But, I'm just saying but, that But I think the sixteenth is gonna feel like a heavyweight fight. 
I'm prepared for a heavyweight fight on the 16th I against mean, Kentucky. K- Kentucky's now ranked in the top five. Yeah. Um. So, it's going to be fun, man. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pumped. Uh, did you pay any attention to signing day? <laughs> no, I was so busy at work. I just – I was able to be on my computer – when I don't know how you say his name, Hawaiian Ray Lewis, as you so eloquently called him, committed to Tennessee. And I will say that Hawaiian Ray Lewis made me laugh at my desk when I saw that you called him the Hawaiian Ray Lewis. He's Manti Teo that probably has sex. Manti Teo that has sex. I mean, he looks awesome, and they really needed another linebacker, right? I mean, yeah, man, we, we we got a couple questions. Uh, shout out to everyone. We had two or three questions. I think Volstorm sent one in. Uh, there was another account. Sorry for not remembering with it, but asked about JJ Peterson and like if you get JJ Peterson to play to the top fifty level he was recruited at, combined with Carvarius Crouch and uh, Hawaiian Ray Lewis slash Manti Teo who has sex, like that's a really damn good linebacking core. Right? Yeah, I mean, the the thing is that you spent the entire month of January recruiting two players, basically. Chris Russell, the in-state linebacker, and Hawaiian Ray Lewis. Mixed in with a little George Pickens. Yeah, yeah, you spent some time, you spent some time on George Pickens. Like, I know T. Martin went after him and stuff, but the moneymaker Moose... Moose was in California once a week. Like, so basically, you can say we we recruited three players in the month of January. Two were linebackers. You didn't want to go zero for two on linebackers, and you whiffed on the in-state guy somehow. I really don't know how, but whatever. It doesn't matter now because you went and you got Hawaiian Ray Lewis over Alabama, and so you can put him with Crouch. Like, it would have been really sweet if they were able to flip Owen Papo from Auburn because then you would have had a three. I know there's talk that they might have wanted Papo at, at safety or whatever, but Crouch and Hawaiian Ray Lewis are legitimate linebackers. They are linebackers. And um, they're top 100 players. Crouch was the number one player in the nation before he got hurt if I recall correctly. And then we haven't even talked about the fact you went out and you signed the number one offensive tackle in the nation to pair with your other five-star offensive tackle that you signed. So I think it was a very good day for Jeremy Pruitt. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Tennessee has some blue-chip talent. I think they have some blue-chip talent. I think that's the most important thing to get there. Like, We'll see how they coach them, but I feel like Tennessee got a couple blue chippers. Two five stars, a couple four stars. Like, that's uh, a couple high-end four stars, I guess I should say. That's a uh, pretty good haul. And then, yeah, that's uh, the thing. You know, and then when, you throw, then when you throw Gibbs and Solomon in there, maybe those guys end up being players. Maybe they're eligible next year. And then all of a sudden you add them to this class, and Tennessee uh, put in work coming off of a five and seven season. Like, I, I, I don't know – anything about um the, I don't expect anything out of D'Angelo Gibbs okay I think you can say that that Aubrey is Aubrey Solomon right yeah I think you can say he's gonna be solid he's, he's a, gonna play yeah he's at least he's a big play. body he's a he's a big body like it's it's to me he's gonna play 
He's going to play a lot. At worst, you're getting your second-team defensive tackle who's who's big. He's been in a, a legitimate strength and conditioning program for the past two years. It's better than going out and getting a JUCO defensive tackle that's even like a, a highly-rated JUCO defensive tackle to me because they're always hit or miss. You just never know. So... How about That's Moose, just, man? How about Moose? Moose? Yeah. I, Currently number one in the uh, National Recruiter of the Year race. I mean, number what one. can you say? Straight out of Eagle River, Alaska. What? What is there even to say? Give this man some money. Pay Cut him. Cut the check. Cut the check. Give him anything he wants. They released the salary numbers. My man's only making two hundred grand. Triple it. I thought he was going to get a big raise, though. Well, he might. He might after this cycle. I mean, he needs to. He needs at least his money tripled. Cut my man the check. Let me because run through. Like, let me run through Moose's commits in this class. Darnell Wright, five star, number ten player in the country. Henry Tootooto, number forty four in the country. Corvaeus Crouch, number 61. Tyus Fields, number 226. Like, those are the top of his rankings. He's the primary recruiter on all of those guys. Yeah. Moose. And, and like, what you're saying, like, like, those guys, like, this is our tight ends coach. He went and he got a Samoan linebacker from California who shout out to Kevin Simon. Kevin Simon did some help for UT there. Um but it was Niedermeyer. Niedermeyer went out there once a week for the past month and sold the family on Tennessee. A line, so he got a linebacker, a top 50 overall player linebacker. He got another top 50 overall player linebacker. And he got the best offensive tackle in the nation. This is the tight ends coach. I don't care if our tight ends don't catch a single pass this fall. <laughs> uh, I don't care if he doesn't even know what a tight end is. He wasn't able to hold on to Eli Wolf. Maybe we should dock him some points. Give him some money. Pay that man. Pay that man his money. Like, the guy got his first paying gig. Five years ago, at East Texas Baptist University. I'm sorry, that was four seasons ago. That was four years ago. So, four years ago, he was at East Texas Baptist. In 2012, a mere six football seasons ago, he was a student coach at Arkansas Pine Bluff. My man, Moose is everything that they wanted us to think Austin Thomas was. Yeah. Like everything we that don't need it, Austin Thomas. Everything that nerd Austin Thomas thought he was, the GM, the ace recruiter, blah 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 blah. Whatever he thought he was, my guy Nita Meyer, aka Moose, aka Big Sexy, he, he that's who he is. That's who he is. He is He's the bag man, and I don't mean that in, as a pejorative. Like, I'm not saying he carries bags of cash. I'm saying, like, the bag man goes and gets who he wants. 
I call him the, and Moose. I call him the wheelbarrow man because he has to have something to carry around his big old balls. I mean, when was this guy is Trooper Taylor level? Like that's how good he is as a single recruiter. He is on the level of Trooper Taylor in the mid two thousands. Like. None of those three guys we mentioned are from the state of Tennessee, and none of them play his position. Pretty good. Ten- and all of them are coming to play for a team that hasn't won games in a really long time. <sighs> oh, we went five and seven. We went five and seven. Like I looked at our last the, two. Our um, last two games were completely. Uh, we were completely blown out by Missouri and Vandy. Like here's the records for the top fifteen classes. 14 and 1, 11 and 3, 10 and 4, 9 and 4, 10 and 3, 12 and 2, 9 and 4, 10 and 3, 10 and 3, 15 and 0, 8 and 5, 5 and 7, 9 and 4, 12 and 1, 13 and 1. And we went out and got a top 12 class. Yeah. I mean, it's not where we need to be. No, I'm not arguing that, and neither would Jeremy Pruitt to his credit. He would be the first person to say it's not anywhere where it needs to be. But. It's pretty good considering. And I'm willing to bet a lot of money will they end up higher next year. Pretty good. Tennessee uh, now has three national recruiters of the year on their roster. T. Martin, Jeremy Pruitt, and Moose. Yeah, I wasn't even thinking of T. Of course we're going to end up higher rated next year. Yeah. I mean, I really think T just about swung Pickens. Pretty good. So, we're, we're going to be all right in recruiting. Um, We'll see. We'll see. But a good day for Tennessee football, nonetheless. Like, a good day for Tennessee football. Do you see Bob Stoops? Yeah, what's up with that? What is he doing? What is he doing, man? Like, why? I don't understand these guys. Like, I was talking with um friend of the podcast, Mike Palmer, last night. Mike's a great guy. Shout out to Mike. Mike's a great guy. We were talking about Hubie Brown. Hubie Brown is 85 years old and still calls basketball games. Quite well. Why? Quite well. I know, he's awesome, but why? Why are you doing this, dude? Go be with your family. Like, why is Bob Stoops doing this? Like, you can go coach in the NFL if you want to coach. Yeah, that was the weird thing. That was the weird thing. Does he just not want to, does he live in Dallas and just doesn't want to move? Like, so they're like, hey, uh, I could stay in Dallas and and be a GM. Because, like, if I could be a GM, I would probably uh, sign up to do that. Like I, I think putting teams together would be really fun. So I don't know what they're going to pay, but as this AAFL gets ready to launch this week, the XFL made some pretty big headlines. Like while they have, you know, just Rick Neuheisel and old ass Steve Spurrier, and you know, those are the only two coaches I can name. The XFL, Mike Singletary. Okay, yes. Yeah. I mean, that guy. Like everyone who's pretty much out of their prime and in a punchline. Yeah. The XFL can say, Hey man, we got Bob Stoops. Yeah. 
hey, good for the XFL. I don't understand it a lick. I think, like you, being a general manager would be awesome, and I would rather do that than be a head coach in the NFL. Um, I don't understand why he would – maybe he just wants to be a GM, and so he thinks if he can do this well for a little bit, some NFL team will give him a chance, which that wouldn't surprise me. I mean, they're basically hiring anybody to be a head coach now that has had any sort of tenuous connection to Sean McVay. So, I could see somebody giving Bob Stoops a chance to be general manager. We'll see. Like, the season doesn't kick off to 2020. The league doesn't. So, I wouldn't be surprised if another team comes and steals him away before they actually ever play. Like, if the Cowboys get rid of Jason Garrett after next year and they make a call to Bob Stoops, he might end up leaving before, you know, he actually ever coaches for the XFL. That's actually what I was going to say. Like, if you think right now that if Bob Stoops called Jerry Jones and said, I want to be head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, do we not think Jerry Jones is going to hire, is going to fire Jason Garrett and say, come be my coach, Bob Stoops? It depends. If Bob Stoops wants that GM title, no, because Jerry Jones now, Jerry Jones ain't giving that up. He would tell Bob Stoops, yeah, he's not giving that come up. get it from my cold, dead hands. Um, And, like, I know, like, Jerry Jones gets a lot of flack, but like, good for Jerry. If I own the Dallas Cowboys, then yeah, I'd want to put the team together too. Yeah, I'm the one cutting the checks. So, if Jerry wants to be GM, all power to him. All right, let's uh, let's run through some patron questions before we get to the questions. Let's holler out the uh, the new patron, Stephen Weeks, upped his pledge to ten dollars. Thank you, Stephen. We love you. Heath Branham went from two to five. Love you, Heath. New patron, Grant Gregory. Love you. Grant. Grant. Gregory. Sorry. Grant Gregory. You, Grant. Try it again, Seth. New patron, Grant Gregory. Love you, Grant. Thank you. New patron, Mason Taylor. Love you, Mason. Oh, I love Mason. I'm a big fan of Mason. Mason's my boy. Shout out to Mason. Mason, thank you for your service. Mason was once a uh, intern here with me at the radio station. He was a uh, intern at my at my radio show. Love Mason as well. Thank you for your service, Mason, and thank you for feeding my kids. We love the troops. We love the USA. Troops. USA. <laughs> I always ask for questions, topics, or comments. Uh, patron Logan Matthews just wanted to say that Admiral isn't that good at the guitar. Okay. Kind of agree with Logan. I do too, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna dunk on Admiral's guitar skills. I mean, no, he's not great. I do feel like Logan made a good point though, and it, it maybe needed to be said. Not that good at the guitar. The singing was kind of subpar too. Although great song choice. You rock out some Adele. That's pretty good. Kyle can sing pretty good. Kyle can sing pretty good. We've got a talented team, man. We do. Bunch of, they're a good bunch of guys. Dan Taylor says, is Love Alexander Dan. and Pons leading the fast break and finishing the alley-oop the most hysterical moment of the season? It was pretty good. It was pretty good. I mean. To me, the, the one play that jumped out to me was – was it last Saturday when Jordan Bone dominated? 
and like didn't miss a shot and was so good. Yeah. And he ran that fast break in half speed. At the end of the game, he, he ran a fast break and was basically jogging and still got down the floor. He, and Tennessee had like a three on one and he just went ahead and laid it up. To me, that one was funny. That That's the only one like that's in he, contention for me. He uh, he basically was just playing with Texas A&M in, in that play. That one was pretty funny to me, too. That was just like, that had to be humiliating. For them, I thought, like... Jake Wilbanks asks, uh, who sleeps more comfortably tonight? Jarrett Garantano, knowing he'll have two five-stars protecting him this fall, or Admiral, knowing he's already in the heads of Kentucky fans? Admiral. Garantano has to feel pretty good knowing his offensive line is going to be a lot better next year, though, right? Yeah, he has to feel great. And, And the fact that... Tennessee didn't recruit a big-time quarterback this year. Yeah. And that DeAndre Francois maybe is beating up his girlfriend and, you know, he's not going to transfer in. Yeah, I mean, like, even, like, they they they, they, they simply cannot take Francois Oh, yeah, no, now. not at all. So, it's going to be Garantano again. I'm not sure that Francois was really that much better than Garantano to Agree. begin with. Um, And it's definitely not worth the baggage. Like, you know, Garantano is going to do nothing off the field. He's going to go play a game. He is what he is, He's going, but he's never going to complain, and he's never going to say a thing about getting beat up. So. I'd say Garantano feels pretty good. Opinions. Yeah, he does. He has to. Nick Mucci asked, if you could play for one franchise in all of professional sports that you aren't a fan of, who are you playing for? I mean, I got to think that, like, playing for the Los Angeles Lakers would be pretty sweet. I was just sitting here thinking that, but I was going to say, I don't think it is the Lakers. Although, like, you get to be a sideshow to what the hell is going on there. I'd say it's a pretty... Yeah, are we talking about Are we talking about in this specific nah, I don't moment? know. I don't know. I think he's just saying what franchise. I mean, playing for the Lakers would be cool, but I feel bad for those guys who are playing for the Lakers right now. I feel terrible for them. It's awful. Poor Brandon Ingram. Poor Brandon I, Ingram got met with LeBron's going to trade you chance last night. Yeah, I mean, like, how old is Brandon Ingram? 19? 21, I think, at this point. Okay. Like, that's terrible. It's awful. I mean, he, he doesn't deserve that. Like, I don't know how the NBA has allowed this to go on. Like, how did they let this happen? Well, I mean, LeBron like, can do whatever the hell he wants. I do love how LeBron was asked, like, do you think this affects those guys? And he was like, yeah, probably. But the the worst thing you can do is be on social media. When LeBron, during the Super Bowl, was tweeting out, where's Woj and Shams with the updates? Basically, like, f- fanning the fire of... Fanning? The, yeah, like, he's fanning can the we, Can we get some trade rumors? Can I get these bums out of here? But hey, young guy, stay off social media as he's, as he's posting... Instagram videos of him singing to Kyrie Irving about getting back together. But stay off social media, young guys. Yeah, that's I don't know, like I LeBron, like I I don't have like an opinion on LeBron, which I know is like you're supposed to one way or the other. I I don't care about the NBA. But like this whole thing just seems 
awful. Like how he's handled it just seems bad. I don't know. Just the entire thing from Anthony Davis's agent leaking. Who's also it. LeBron's agent and works for works yeah, for exactly. the agency that LeBron has monetary ties in. Yeah, like LeBron did that whole thing. And then you got, you know, him tweeting that out. Like the whole thing just seems just sits wrong with and then he's like not even he's sitting way down the bench from him. Well, I last think night. that's you I think that's common. I think that one's blown a little bit out of proportion. Like Okay, okay, it might be. It might I be, think I he know. likes to sit down there away from people and kind of watch the court and kind of watch. I I've seen him do that before, but obviously last night it, it looks a lot worse than it usually does, right? Yes, it looked terrible last night, and I'm basing what I just said simply on that picture. If it happens all the time, then disregard. Just, that was some bad, that was a bad, the, the optics, they were bad. We'll just say sure. that. Uh, if I was going to pick a franchise to play for that I'm not a fan of, I mean, it'd be cool to be a Yankee. See, like... I think that it would be awesome to play for yeah, the New York Yankees. I think it would be Yankees. cool to be a Yankee. And I think it would be awesome to play for the Dallas Cowboys. One of those prestigious franchises would be pretty cool. Like, just keep me away from Boston. Don't make me a Celtic. That's the only thing I would request. Just keep me out yeah, of there. I would rather not play. I would, I would rather play for the Celtics than the Red Sox. Sure, sure. Just keep me out of Boston. I mean, I guess being a Patriot would be okay. I, being a Patriot would be yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, being a Patriot would be pretty cool. I could go for that. But, yeah. I mean, it would be nice to win, you know. It would be cool to win Super Bowl after Super Bowl. That that would be fun. But, man, the, just I, I don't like the Red Sox. I don't particularly care for the Celtics either. Mm-hmm. So... Brian Farr says, would you trade the entire young core of the Pelicans to the Lakers for Anthony Davis? I assume this question was meant for you, Seth. What are your, what's your take? So it seems that the obvious answer is yes, right? No, this is your take. Like, I would have said no to begin with, but then the Lakers are offering that and a bunch of first-round draft picks, so I guess the answer is clearly yes. Maybe – okay, is – Here's my question for you, John. Is Anthony Davis a top five player in the NBA? He's right at five, six, or seven. Who's the number one player in the NBA? I'd still say it's LeBron. Two? Durant. Three, Harden? Three, probably still Curry. Four, Harden. Although I I would probably have pushed. I would probably take Davis over Harden. But is it Harden... Harden, and right now Kawhi, Paul George, and B, like all those guys are kind of right there together. Anthony Davis can be better than those guys. And as much as I love the NBA, like it's hard for even me to pay attention to New Orleans. They're just so insignificant. But, I mean, Anthony yeah. Davis is anywhere like, from three, four, up until like seven or eight. So, I mean, he's a top eight player comfortably. And he's 25, okay. by the way. Yeah. I mean, I, I would like I, if I would have said he is for sure a top five player. Um, I didn't like. I know Paul George has been great this year. I didn't know he was 
I mean, just that great. And I did. Yeah, think just this year, I'd probably take Paul George. Although I don't know, and a, a part of Anthony Davis that does matter that isn't really getting talked about is that he does get hurt a lot. Like he is constantly hurt. But I mean, if you ask me, just is he is he a top five player? I'd probably just say yes because it's basically um, splitting hairs from four to seven. You know what I mean? It's basically splitting hairs. So yes, basically he's a top. Top seven, top eight player, especially when you consider he's 25. I mean, I, I got to admit, I, I did not have a clue in this world that Joel Embiid is averaging 27.4 and 13.5. He is a monster. Like, I, I, I didn't know that. So, hey, shout out to Tobias Harris. Hey, yeah, that, that seems like a good trade for them, right? I think it's a good trade for both parties. The Clippers now have... Uh, some extra first-round picks. They have nothing holding them back from having room to sign two max free agents this summer. And now the 76ers, their entire starting five, averages 17 points a game or more. That's pretty damn impressive. Yeah, that seems pretty stout. Good for them. Who is the fifth 76er starter? Simmons? JJ. Um, JJ Redick still starts for them? Yeah, he averages 17. Good for him. No other team in the East has more than three players, and they have all five. You know, J.J. Redick has had, like, a, a, a pretty good career. Yeah, J.J.'s been pretty damn good. He's had a pretty stout career in the NBA. Much better than I thought he was going to have. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, yeah, that seemed like a good trade for the 76ers. I guess, like, I guess probably the answer to that question is yes, because the whole thing hinges around a guy that is 34 years old, I guess LeBron is now. Yeah. And so, like, those other young players, like, are good, but LeBron, the clock is ticking. And, I mean, at this point, hell, you've already alienated all those kids, so. All those kids, like, yeah. You, you've basically gone full Michael Jordan and said, fuck them kids, so, I mean, you gotta, you gotta get rid of them at this point. Yeah, so. I'd gotta say. get rid of them at this point. Although LeBron posting on Instagram that he hears the sneak diss and like, come on, grow up, LeBron. You're 34 years old. You're bringing this on yourself. Yeah, you're exactly. You're like, you're 34 years old, man. Rapid fire, yes or no, or not yes or no, I guess, just one word answer or two words. Uh, what position will Jeremy Banks play next season? Linebacker. We got to Volstorm's question about J.J. Peterson having a impact. Uh, someone wants to know, what are your thoughts on 21 Savage? It's hysterical, right? I feel like it's kind of sad, man. If there, if, if there report- okay, this guy, Freight, this guy centered his career on the fact he was from Atlanta, right? Yeah. He's, he's not from Atlanta. He lived there since he was like 13, right? Isn't that right? Or he lived there since know. he was like, know. he lived in Atlanta since he was like, uh, like seven or eight, 2005, I guess. He's, I don't know how how the hell old he is, but I mean, he's lived there for a long time. I think that's good enough to say you're from Atlanta. I mean, yeah. he's British or not British, but I mean, he's from an island that's, you know. In the Commonwealth. Sure. Yeah. Is, is the report true that like when you're contained by or detained, excuse me, by by ICE, that you basically are left alone for 23 hours, like you're like in solitary confinement, basically? 
I do not know that. I, I cannot say. I, I don't seems, know any. I don't that know seems, any. Uh, that seems pretty awful. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know any illegal immigrants. So, I don't know any illegal immigrants that have been picked up by ICE. Fair enough. So, I couldn't tell you. That's bad luck. The guy he was yeah. with was the one that wasn't getting investigated. He just happened to be there with him. Yeah, it's pretty tough. I'm sure he'll be all right. Sucks. That'd be awful. All of a sudden, you're just chilling. You're on top of the world, basically. You're rich in America. You're successful. The next thing you know, boom, you're getting deported. <laughs> next thing you know, ISIS. Knock, knock. Life comes at you fast, huh? Life comes fast, man. Anti-commie gator ask uh, opinion on the State of the Union speech. I did not watch a single second of it. I saw that uh, the Cortez woman and some others were wearing all white. Yeah, I guess all the women of the house were wearing white. People were mad that Bernie Sanders and her and some others weren't clapping during the union or the State of the Union, I guess. I think, uh, I don't know if this is an unpopular opinion, but I think I respect that part of it just from the sense of if I have an enemy, which to them, Donald Trump's an enemy. If I have an enemy, like whoever I hate the most, if I'm there having to listen to them speak, you're not going to have me on camera clapping for them. I think I would pull the same move. I think I would just hold the grudge and be petty. Yeah, I think people want to pretend and convince themselves that, like, this is a century ago, and it's a unified nation. It's not. And both sides hate each other, and the only thing that both sides have as a goal is to crush their enemy to death. To get all the power. Like, it is... There's Like, there's no nation. There's no unity like it is probably politics in its most pure and distilled form and it is simply to crush your opponent and to grind him beneath your heel so like of course they're not gonna clap like only like only like deranged baby boomers expect like both sides to carry themselves in a certain way like how does anybody still believe in that nonsense like donald trump is president okay he accused ted cruz's dad of killing jfk <laughs> he's paid off porn stars probably like why do we still do this nonsense about both sides like no if you have a political leaning that you truly care about my advice, like, my feeling is that, not my advice, but my feeling is that you should probably just want your side to win at all costs. And who cares about civility and respect and politeness? Go be a baby boomer somewhere else. 1960s aren't walking through this door again. So, of course, they didn't clap. 
And I don't blame them for clapping because they have to please their constituents. And like, imagine the crazy people in Brooklyn that our Latina queen, Cortez, has to please. Imagine how insane those those communists she represents are. Like, they would be furious if she clapped. So, of course, she did not clap. She is smoking hot, though. You I think, will say that. You think She's, smoking hot? I think she is extremely hot. I think she is extremely dumb. And I don't think she really has a clue what she's talking about. <laughs> but she is hot. And that is more than you can say about most female politicians. Interesting. Is she hot? Yeah, I think I think she's pretty hot. What's her name again? Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Yeah, that's right. I, I, got, I drew a blank. AOC. I'm looking at pictures of her right now. I thought she was pretty cute in that uh, video that, you know, was going around of her dancing from college. Yes. Yeah. Like she's endearing. Now looking at current pictures. uh, She's got something. Her teeth. Her teeth aren't doing it for me, Seth. Okay. So I had this conversation with somebody last night, too. And that's the thing. That's the exact same thing he said. I'm like, okay, she's hot as long as she doesn't smile. The teeth. Yeah. The teeth aren't doing it for me. Too much so like, gum. Her gum to tooth ratio is off. <laughs> we are awful. We are awful. I mean, who am I to judge somebody? But I'm just saying that's the thing that jumps out Listen, to me. You're ripping her. We're ripping her. The gum to tooth ratio is off. It's not perfect. Oh man, this picture right here though, she's really cute. Candidate profile from medium. Mouth closed with a little smirk, a white button up. Hair to the side. One 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 shoulders covered with hair, the others behind. Okay. Uh, man. Did you ever you probably aren't gonna get this reference, but this feels a lot like when uh, on the office they were trying to decide if Hillary Swank was hot and they were split on it and they couldn't decide a, whether or not she was hot. That's a really good comparison to AOC, I feel like. I'm looking right now. I can't decide. Some pictures, yes, some pictures no. What do I man? Uh knowing that she's dumb, I gotta go no. <laughs> knowing that she's dumb, I gotta go no. I was on I was on the fence. If she would have been smart, I would have said yes, but she is not smart. She is dumb. So I gotta go no. I'm sorry, Seth. One thing that I think makes her more attractive to me is that we can't decide if she's hot or not. Oh, so you just like the ambiguity to it. Like I'm just like Oh man, I, I which by the way, th- don't say we couldn't decide. You you went with, I can't, I can't, I can't. You went I'll, with smoking hot. I'll put like but like you said, the, the the smile is bad. Like I had this exact same conversation last night. Too much gum. Too much gum. Um Texas AM is up on Ole Miss for with up four with Nine minutes ago, by the way. Eh, Ole Miss sucks. I don't care. They're not that good. Yeah, I'm not worried about came, them anymore. They came off the the cliff Unco- precipitously fast. Uncommon fan asked, how many times have each of you ever worn blackface? 
I have never worn blackface. I have never worn blackface either, but all I think about is that poor little kid who dressed oh, up like AJ terrible. Johnson. He'll never be able to answer no to this question. He will, oh, if someone kid. if someone asked him years from now, have you ever dressed up in blackface? He will have to shamefully say, Well, my parents my parents dressed me up like AJ Johnson one time, and they'll be like, AJ Johnson, and he'll be like, Yeah. And then he was uh, accused of rape and kicked off the Tennessee football team. And then there'll be a whole different thing. Like he, that kid has a really unfortunate, a really unfortunate Halloween costume. Yeah, his parents might actually be podcast listeners. Oh no, you know that they might be. I don't know. Oh, okay. Well, if they are. Like, I, I feel like they would like a redo on that. <laughs> He might be a podcast listener. Hell, I guess that, that that's been he five or six be. years ago, know, huh? Man. If if you're listening, buddy, we're sorry. <laughs> we're sorry. I'm not. I, I just I feel like that was, it was a, a misstep. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like if you could have that one over again, your parents would say, you know what? Let's just go with the dreads. We don't have to give you the yeah. blackface. It was a misstep, but it, their heart was in the right place, right? Like that was clearly not a malicious blackface. No, no, but the pitchers don't care, Seth. Fifteen years from now, if he's running for something, or ten years from now, five years from now, if he's running for class president and see his senior year of high school, someone's gonna pull those out, and the pitchers aren't gonna care if it was malicious or not. It's just gonna—he's just gonna be a guy in blackface, wearing the jersey number of a guy who was arrested for rape, but was clear. He he's innocent. He beat the charges. You have uh, any thoughts on the challenge debuting tonight? You no, ever I watch don't. That? MTV man, just watch it. I'll, it's a good show. It's entertaining. It Only because of you. It's entertaining. I did watch both Fire Festival docs. I just oh yeah, it blows my mind that Billy McFarland is such a good salesman. That was, that was I, I've only watched the Netflix one, but that's what stood out to me is that and all I'm these like, people just believed in him so much. And awkward and not good looking. And he's in New York City and he is selling Ja Rule and the guy who owned the Oklahoma City Thunder on his ideas. Like the guy, the Oklahoma City Thunder thing is in, is in the, the Hulu doc, but like before that guy killed himself after he got busted for insider trading or whatever it was, like. He wrote, he gave McFarlane a ton of money. Like, I just like, this guy is what y'all believed in. Like, he wasn't slick. He wasn't smooth. He wasn't particularly attractive. You need to watch the Hulu doc, though. No. I think the Hulu doc's like the American meme. That's what I was led to believe. Yeah. The one on Netflix that I told you about. Where it basically, I mean, does it just basically try to look into why we like celebrities well, the, the and want to live a fancy has life Billy and all McFarland that shit? In it. I don't know if I want to watch him. Like, he's a piece of shit. And I don't feel like he's all of a sudden going to break down crying, apologizing. And, I think he's just going to try um, to defend his bullshit. It also has, like, I didn't realize this until after I'd watched the Netflix doc, but it was done in tandem with Jerry Media. The Netflix one was. So, like, they... They kind of elided over their 
involvement in the whole fiasco, but one guy that worked for them had like a nervous breakdown and quit the company and like lived in Europe for a year after it was over. The Hulu doc has him in it. And like he throws, like he shows like what the social media company was doing. Like it, it was their fault. Um, but it's good. I liked both of them. I liked both of them. Okay. Okay. We uh we got to get to a conspiracy corner eventually. We uh we got a couple of uh, submissions. We got the Denver airport. I want to look into the Denver airport, uh, and then uh, have you seen this thing about the crypto guy yes. who just all of a sudden yeah, disappeared? I, did. I need to yeah. With one hundred ninety million, I actually know quite a bit about the Denver airport. Um, we can talk about it next time, but okay. I love my guy Gerald Cotton, thirty year thirty year old who had started a cryptocurrency. Uh, was the only person apparently with access to $190 million in funds, and he goes to India and dies from Crohn's disease. I didn't know Crohn's was lethal. Well, I don't think it is. I think that's the yeah. part. Is like, I don't think Crohn's disease kills yeah. you. And his wife is like, no, it's 100% true. He's dead. Trust me. Apparently, it's really easy to get a death certificate in India. That doesn't surprise me. I mean, they, they use the bathroom in, street, in the street, so... Not all parts of India. My best friends from India. They 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 got some nice parts in they India. Got some Seth. nice parts in India. They got some great people in India. Just wanted to clarify. Shout out to AJ. I'm I'm just saying. I do think AJ could probably vouch that you could get a death certificate there for a hundred dollars, though. That it wouldn't be hard to get somebody to say you're dead. And 190 million dollars probably goes a long way there. I agree. I don't think there's much of a conspiracy to it. I think it's pretty obvious that this guy's dead. If it, if the body hasn't turned up, the guy's the guy's still alive, right? If we haven't if we haven't seen him get put in the ground, he's still alive. All right, Seth. That was an hour. Yeah, I gotta get out of here. Love buddy. you. Talk to you soon. I love you. Bye bye.